Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by Hagen Oaks, America's most awarded golf facility, and Naturewood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. You're listening to another hour of the Golf to Go radio show here on uh, Sacktown Sports 1140. Hi, I'm Frank LaRosa, along with Scott Marsh. And once again, Scott, we have another packed show. I, I don't know whether we need uh, less guests or, or more time, but we'll figure this out before we uh, before we get to a point where we can't do it anymore. How's that? Well, we definitely need more time because the guests are all great. Yeah, today we've got uh, Mike Woods, uh, Director of Golf at Hagen Oaks, going to talk about the uh, uh, just uh, completed uh, State Fair Championship and what it, you know, the history of that uh, tournament and what it takes to get ready to host a tournament. We're also going to talk with uh, Jaden Dumdemaya. He is the 16-year-old uh, who won that ch- championship, the youngest ever to do so. And uh, Tracy Shanahan is the uh, golf course superintendent at Peachtree Country Club. And uh, next week, uh, the 13th, is the uh, Thank a Superintendent's Day. So we have lots to talk about on the show this week. We do um, indeed. And of course, the, the big Fortnite championships coming up next uh, week as well. We're looking forward to that. And they had their uh, list of some of the marquee names that are going to be out there. Max Homa uh, defending his championship. Uh, Gary Woodland. We'll be out there as well. Of course, Cameron Champ, we know about him, a former champion of that tournament. And then the big news, Ricky Fowler, who obviously needs to get some points, hasn't been playing well, but that's a huge marquee name to have coming to Napa. No question. And, um, you know, he's he's one of those guys that people pull for. You know, he just, yep. uh, I think uh, you know, all the mothers want to mother him and and all the uh, all the dads want to want to be their, his buddy. But uh uh, yeah, I really certainly hope that uh, that he and, and Cameron Champ and Max Homa are are fighting for the lead as they come down on that final day. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Again, the tournament's the 15th through the 18th at uh, Silverado, and you can go to Fortnite Championship to get your tickets. You know, they're they're doing such a great job with that tournament, and and Fortinette is only in the second year um, with the sponsorship, having uh, saved the tournament last year, but. Uh, the expectations they have for uh, for future years are are just incredible. So, uh, you know, uh, getting down there and uh, and being at what was voted the most entertaining tournament is that is yeah that and fan friendly PGA yeah. Tour event. Yeah, um, you know that's pretty exciting for for Northern California and certainly the opportunity to see Ricky and uh, and Cameron Champ. Uh, you know that, that that's a great a great way to spend a day down in uh, wine country in Napa. So we will be back with uh, Mr. Mike Woods and get this show rolling right after these messages. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour. Stay tuned. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. We are back here on the Golf to Go Radio Hour on uh, Sacktown Sports 1140. As I mentioned, I'm Frank LaRosa and uh, here every week with Scott Marsh. And we're here to welcome Mr. Mike Woods. Mike is the director of golf at the uh, Hagen Oaks Golf Complex. And Mike's been there for very, very many years. And um, uh, he just completed an incredible weekend. The uh, state fair tournament uh, just concluded at Hagen Oaks. And this is something that's been going on for close to a hundred years. And uh, it is a, it is a, a very prestigious tournament in the world of amateur golf. And I'm not sure that, um, that locally we give it the, the respect that it's due. Uh, and uh, as we kind of get into this with Mike, we'll get an idea of what this tournament is like and what the history is and, and the, the incredible names in golf that have played uh, over the years. But uh, uh, we will get to that. Mike, uh, welcome to the show and thanks for being with us. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Love, love to be here. 
you had uh, you had quite the weekend. Uh, uh, three days of, uh, of, of golf at, uh, at the Hagen Oaks, Alistair McKenzie course. And, uh, I know you were out there from beginning to end. Uh, um, what, what's just kind of, uh, first of all, your overall impression of the tournament now that, uh, now that it's one day removed. Yeah. You know, the, the team behind the scenes that puts it on, everyone is really proud of the event, uh, this year. It went extremely well and, we got a lot of positive feedback from golfers that played in the event. The contestants are, they really, they, they play all over the country and they play in all these big events and they see how important this event is to the individuals that are involved and how we try to do everything right. And, you know, the event is really conducted by the Sacramento Golf Council, uh, which is a uh, volunteer group of 25 people that run all these big tournaments in the greater Sacramento area at the city and county courses. But the state fair championship is the prize event. It's, it's the big event of the year. And, um, um, and so, yeah, it was a home run and uh, super exciting, especially at the finish. We, we had a few hundred people out here watching uh, the finish. It was really fantastic. You know, we, that number, a few hundred and, and, you know, that's a pretty good crowd, but it's not near the crowd that, um, that is warranted for the kind of golf that's being played. Let, let's kind of go back a little bit and, and talk about the history of this uh, tournament and, and what it's meant to Sacramento over the years. How did it start and, and where are we now? Yeah, so 98 years uh, for the California State Fair Championship. Of course, Hagen Oaks is only 90 years old. And so the event started at Del Paso Country Club and it was created by the members at Del Paso Country Club. And, uh, and, you know, when you go back into those years in the mid twenties, you're talking about match play, right? Everything was match play. And, uh, so, uh, eventually it was decided after a few decades to move the event over to Hagen Oaks and, uh, it went away from match play to stroke play, like all those events did in maybe the fifties or sixties. And it grew into what it is today. And, and then it's even stemmed out a bit there over the last 20 years, uh, we've created the State Fair Junior Championship, which is a separate tournament. This year it was at Mather Golf Course. The State Fair uh, Mid-Amateur was at Bing Maloney. The State Fair Women's was at Bartley Cavanaugh. And the State Fair Senior and Super Senior was at Mather. And so um, it's really become this, this big community event for players of all walks of life that can enjoy competing over Labor Day. It is a big, big weekend for amateur golf, uh, as you say, the, the the Labor Day weekend in Northern California. There have been some incredible names that have played in this tournament over the years, and uh, you know some some names from the past that that no longer play the game, but it were some of the heroes. And and we've had some names that uh, that are still playing on the tour today. Why don't you why don't you run through the list of some of those? Yeah, so, you know, back in the good old days, the winners were Ken Venturi and Al Guyberger and George Archer. And and then later you had Kevin Sutherland win. The, the local boy did just such a great job winning this event. And uh, it was neat to see Matthew Sutherland, uh, David Sutherland's son, compete this year. And, and he was really close. I think he finished in a tie for third. And then in the last 10 years, you know, a lot of those players you see on TV every week uh, were out here playing in the state fair championship, like Colin Morikawa and Patrick Cantley and Cameron Champ and Nick Watney and Max Homa, and it goes on and on. 
Maverick McNeely. And, and so, you know, as we're watching the event this weekend, all of us are thinking, you know, which one or which couple of these players is going to be a bit of a household name to golfer someday. And we have little, uh, little arguments back and forth who, who we think is going to quote unquote, make it someday. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are incredible names. And, and again, speaks to the, to the level of competition of this tournament. And, and um, over the course of the last uh, 10, 12 years, the, um, the conditioning of, of the Alistair McKenzie course at Hagen Oaks is just, you know, it's improved so incredibly uh, since uh, the Morton golf team took over the, the maintenance of the course, but, you know, even for uh, daily play, it's in great shape. But what you have to do to get ready for this kind of tournament even steps that up a lot. Where, when do you start? You know, I, I'm sure that you're already going to have meetings for next year. But when do you physically start getting the course ready and what do you have to do? Yeah, so as far as uh, getting the golf course ready for a competition like this, you know, it, in Sacramento with our heat, it's just an all summer feat, right? Because if you lose turf, if you have a problem, you know, you can't catch up in the beginning of September. You just have to live with it. So Rick White, our golf course superintendent and our team here, they are, they're on it all year long. And then about 30 days before the tournament, that's where we really start putting the plan together as far as mowing patterns and applications we're going to spray on the greens and height of cut and marking the course for penalty areas and all those different things that are really important to the players. And, and so just as an example, you know, the greens were rolling at about 12 each day for the tournament, um, which is just a great speed to identify the, the top, top tier player. And we mowed fairways Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And so, you know, your normal course in town is mowing their fairways twice a week. We mow normally twice a week. Um, but when you mow, six days in a row, um, the fairways get tighter and tighter. And these players love that because they, you know, they can hit off those tight lies. They, they make that look so easy. And uh, yeah, so there's, there is a lot involved. And then when you have the excessive heat, like we've had, you know, the maintenance crews out early, but then after play, they're back out in the afternoon and uh, doing things because you got to keep a close eye on the course when you're talking 110 plus temperatures. So it's uh, it's quite a feat, and our our team here is up for the challenge each year. Scott, you and I play in the uh, media league, which has been going on for about uh, twenty plus years at at uh, Hagen Oaks, and um, we always remark about the conditioning of the course. But uh, you know, when you think about stepping up the greens to twelve uh, on the stint meter, that'd be a little bit more of a challenge, huh? No question, Mike. What are they currently at on yes, a normal so day? Yeah, so spring, summer, we tend to run around 11, day in and day out. As you guys know, our greens tend to have real good speed to them. Yeah. But then when the summer comes, we get down around 10 and sometimes even nine and a half. Just, you know, with that heat, we just want to protect them and get to fall. And so we're really going from about nine and a half and to 10 up to about 12 for this event. Got it. Yeah. Well, for Frank and I, that media league is the equivalent of the state fair tournament. We didn't have several hundred people out there for the final <laughs> round, but we still had a great time. Um, it is named the state fair tournament. Obviously, the state fair itself has changed times. The state fair was always, you know, ended on Labor Day weekend. And I'm just curious about that. Is is the time just locked in where it will always be for perpetuity or? Yeah, that is such an appropriate question. Uh 
you know, obviously it was connected to the California State Fair for all those years, just just in name, uh, no right. organization, but just in name. And then the State Fair moved and everybody asked, well, are you going to move too? And we said, no, we're, we're kind of happy with our dates. But actually there's a move afoot right now to get off of Labor Day weekend. We've had so many Labor Day weekends of 100 to 110 or 114 degrees. So there's a there's talk right now about maybe mid-June. And uh, and and we'll be making that decision in the next 30 days here or so. And uh, the nice thing about that is we can be even we'll be very quick on the greens, but we can be much firmer, which the players want. And we can do it at a time when all the college uh, golfers are out of college. We get about half of the top college golfers in the West, but all of them will be out of college and that will make the field even stronger. Yeah. And I'm just curious for the people who do come out, it, it's not like you're, you're set up, you know, for 18 holes with accommodations for everybody. So how do you handle that for people with all the heat? Yeah, we, we have uh, water stations all over the place and our player assistance driving with water. We have a roving cart out on the golf course. Um, uh, spectators are allowed to rent a cart on the last day and they follow, they stay on the cart path and follow the golfer. So you have a lot of elderly people or grandparents of the kids that, that it's really special for them to be able to watch because most tournaments you can't do that but that's been a tradition for us for a long time and I think that's part of the reason why we get a nice crowd out to watch is it's real accommodating they can get real close and not be in the player's way and really see the shots and see in this case this year see that final hole and that wonderful birdie that was made to win it. Yeah, Jaden Dudamaya, who we've talked to, he is a rising star. You talked about some of the greats with Morikawa and Cantlay, and it it just feels like he's destined for greatness himself. And I wish I could have seen that seven-footer to win it on 18. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. You know, he got to 18. He knew he needed to make birdie to win. And he's, as he always says, his favorite club in his bag is his driver. And Jaden, who's not a large person, just uncorked one down there and it was it was really impressive right side of the fairway just where you want to be on 18 here on McKenzie and then he got out his three wood from about 245 and stomped the three wood and everybody out there including me we thought it was going to roll right up on the green by the hole and it was going to be game over I mean it was hit that good and it got caught up in a little rough on the left side there and kind of got a little bit of a sticky lie in the rough the pin was front left so he's really close to the pin and he hit a good chip and he got a little unlucky. It hit on the collar and kind of released too far, seven feet past the hole. And you could tell he was he was a little amazed that it went that far. But then, boy, he uh, he just went up there and looked so calm and just put this pure stroke on it. And I I watched it. It rolled right in the middle of the cup. And it was uh, super cool. And that was pretty much the same uh, scenario when he won the drive uh, pitch and putt as well at, at Augusta. Yeah, he yeah, talked he about that. that putt at the end. Yeah, he talked about that. He, uh, I think his cat, who's his brother, mentioned something to me about that after that. Uh, you know, we've done this before, and uh, boy, that's uh, that's really a, isn't that a wonderful feeling to have before you have this really important putt that I've I've done this before. Let's just go do it again. You know, and after 98 years, um, Jaden now is, if I'm not mistaken, the youngest person ever to win the tournament at 16. Yeah, he turned 16 a month or two ago, and he is the youngest champion of this event. I mean, this event is typically dominated by college players. You know, it's the winners each year are UC Davis players and Cal players and Stanford players and UCLA players and St. Mary's players and 
Sac State players, and it goes on and on. And every once in a while, you get the quote unquote old guy, the 30 something or 40 something that <laughs> wins it. Like when Bob Niger won it, I remember that very well, a real strong player in town here for many years. But um, a high school kid, a 16 year old, that's pretty unheard of. Uh, he was playing with two strong college players in the final group. And, you know, Jaden, uh, he started his round on Monday, four under through four. And I couldn't believe that he, he was four under through four until he reminded me that he did the same thing on Saturday and Sunday. He was four <laughs> under through four all three days in a row. That is impressive, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Were those all birdies or did he eagle one in, or four, the part fives? Or He had he had some eagles on the final day on um, on number four. He hit a good drive down there and he had about 255 in. And the players he was playing with, the two college players, were a little bit ahead of him. And he said he was going to wait for the green to clear. And the two college players that were about 250 got out their irons and laid it up, left over by the bunkers. And Jaden waited until the green cleared. And then he got out his three-wood and just hammered a three-wood up there in the middle of the green and made the putt for Eagle. Wow. And boy, was that, was that sending a message to everybody. <laughs> what is the course play from the tips that they were playing at? It's just under 7,100 yards. And so for for us, meaning golfers, it's really long, right? Oh, yeah. But for these college players, you know, it's they're nothing. playing 73, 74, 75 all the time. So they're hitting a lot of wedges, a lot of wedges. They can reach all the par fives very easily except for number 11. And, uh, and you know, they, this is right up their alley. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, c- congratulations to your team, uh, to the Sacramento Golf Council for – you know, for 98 years of, uh, of an incredible uh, tournament, but uh, thanks also for, uh, for the, uh, you know, the, the, the hint that there possibly might be some news coming up uh, and moving this to June, which uh, would make the field even stronger. I mean, uh, great things in store for the state fair tournament, whether it's in September or June, but uh, we appreciate all you do over there and, uh, and all the volunteers and everybody that worked really hard in this tournament. Uh, thank you, guys. Always fun to talk about the Cal State Fair. You are so right. It's such a jewel for Sacramento. And, the you know, when I watch the spectators come out each year, it's a lot of the same spectators. They figured it out that this is what they come to and they see this this caliber of play that's really unmatched in the area. And uh, I think if more people came out, they would they would feel the same way and they would really enjoy seeing it. Mike Woods, director of golf at Hagen Oaks. Uh, we will be back with uh, with the winner of the tournament, Jaden Demaya, right after these messages. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. Golf to Go Radio Hour continues here on Sacktown Sports, eleven forty. We're welcoming in uh, Jaden Demaya. Jaden is the um, champion of the uh, California State Fair Championship Tournament, which was held uh, this past. Labor Day weekend at Hagen Oaks Golf Complex. And um, not only did Jaden go out and win that, but he became the youngest person to ever win the tournament at 16 years old. Congratulations, Jaden, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me today. You know, that when, when you think about uh, not only your competition uh, this time with a, certainly a lot of collegiate players, and, uh, and again, you just turned 16 a little while ago, but when you think of the names of Ken Venturi and George Archer and, and uh, Kevin Sutherland and folks like that that have won over the years, um, 
you have to be uh, pretty excited about the fact that at 16 years of age, you were able to walk away with that with that title. Yeah, um, being able to see see my name, or uh, hopefully see my name on the trophy um, next year, uh, matching it up with all the past winners. Um, I played with Tony last year. He won uh, the state fair last year. I played with him in the final group and. Um, seeing Devin Bling and all those amazing golfers. Yeah, it's it's amazing to be able to um kind of like compare myself to them and see like the kind of like the road that I'm gonna take. But um yeah that that holding that trophy was probably one of the my favorite moments this year or probably in my whole life. It's a great accomplishment to be able to participate in that event and um eventually win it after even just trying to make the cut a couple of years ago when I first started playing the, the state fair. But uh, now that now that I've been that I uh, won it, I'm pretty excited, pretty proud of myself. So it's an honor for me and my family. Well, again, congratulations. And you, you talk about that particular moment. It's not like you haven't had some other great moments in, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, you won the 2021 junior tour NorCal player of the year. You were, uh, the 14, 15 year old drive chip and putt champion. And uh, you happen to win that one on a putt similar, you know, to how you won the state fair championship, uh, your last putt. Um, But that was at Augusta national. And uh, you, you met some of the tour players and, and some of your heroes. And, and, and so, you know, to have those moments in your life and, and have this state fair championship as, as maybe the you know the most incredible that that's you know this speaks a lot to to what you've accomplished already. Tell me a little bit about having your brother on the bag. Was that uh, how, how many times have, have you guys worked together like that? Um, it, it's kind of like a, it started off with this event actually. Two year uh, twenty twenty, me he kind of like we decided to have like that brother 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 kind of like relationship when it came to. Um, him catting me and having him on my bag um, kind of set things up for the future. He caddied for me at the United States Junior this year, um, the U.S. Open final. He was the chaperone at the um, that the dry chip and putt. So, yeah, having him on my bag was something very special. And um, being able to share the moments and um, having him kind of like be my um, – keep being able to keep my emotions in check and always helping me on the course uh, definitely has built our relationship over the past year. And so um, we kind of created like a family, family thing with my dad being my coach and my brother being my caddy and my obviously my mom and all my family being like my supporters. And so having him on my bag was pretty special and um, being able to share the, mo- the moments and memories over the past year were definitely amazing. You know, your your family is very, very close knit. Uh, your dad, Stan, and, and your mom, Jenny, that you referred to, you know, are certainly uh, um, huge cheerleaders for you, as they should be. And, um, you know, to have brought you along uh, where they are and to let you shine the way they are, that you are, it's, it's you know, it's it's really fun to watch. What um, what was it like when, or, or did you have moments with your brother where you thought, well, I want to do this? And he said, well, maybe you should do this. Did, did any of that crop up? Um, it was, yeah, actually going back to, or talking about that fourth hole, right? So I was pumped up after burning the first and third hole. 
And going into that fourth hole, it was a pretty tough pin, tucked right side of the green, water just short. And I had around 250, 260. And I, I didn't, I wasn't really sure about if I wanted to go for it, but I had the confidence. And he was telling me, if anything, we can just lay up. I told him, I, I can't lay up if I have 250 out. And I, and I ended up eagling the hole. So it was kind of a game changer throughout the tournament that really, um, it really created that momentum that we needed to eventually win the tournament. It was probably the, the game changer of that whole tournament. So, yeah, we had we sometimes we disagree, but in the end, it's it's for the best, and um, it definitely worked out in the end. So, pretty pretty happy about that. Well, you're right; it worked out on four. I mean, you you um, you were four under after the first four holes, and you went into the day one down on, on the last day. So, you had to be pumped up pretty good, Scott. Obviously, you've played uh, the McKenzie course a lot. You ever been uh, 250 out and thinking I'm going to go for it? <laughs> I've been about 200 out, gone for it, and been in the water about 25 times. So <laughs> I can only imagine how great that shot was. And the, the story I love about that was is that the, the two players you were with who were a little bit ahead of you, the college players, and they both laid up, and you you went for it and kind of showed them up a little bit. I, I think as much as uh, that eagle was on your scorecard, it was a little momentum and mental shift with the other golfers too, I would guess. Yeah, I, it was definitely um... – like through the first three holes, we were all kind of like within each other, but it kind of created that gap and space between the scores. And um, kind of, I was kind of playing passive right after that, but I kind of switched up, turned it on t- towards the end. So yeah, it was definitely that moment there created like um, momentum again. And uh, yeah, I just continued to build confidence throughout the round. And actually, yeah, through whole. The first four holes, all three rounds, I was around four under. Yeah. And so it was four, yeah, four under through the first four holes. So I was 12 under in just those four holes. So, yeah, those, those are probably my favorite stretch of holes now. So I bet they are. There's something about the Alistair McKenzie courses you like with Augusta and now Hagen Oaks. Um, I want to know what was more pressure packed, hitting that great putt at Augusta to within inches to, to win that or mm-hmm. to hit a seven footer on 18 to win the state fair cup yeah i i think it's kind of hard to to choose but uh, they're they're both up there i mean um the augusta one just being there having all those people being on the 18th green uh even making it i mean i had to put it inside 10 feet which is it's a big margin but being in that stage it's definitely it it looks smaller than it is and so making that was uh like um a memory locked in and having it on tv and this year being having it to a seven eight footer left to right downhill to not force a playoff it, it was definitely um they're they're both. I'd say they're tied. They they're definitely both big wins that I'll forever cherish. And so I can't really put one above one another. But um, having having it relate to the state fair, I think this one this one's more memorable. That's and pretty cool. I, I don't know yet. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You don't have to choose. You have both of them. So it's yeah. not like you can choose yeah. one or the other. You got them both. Um, 
Frank mentioned some of the great names that, that have won the tournament, you know, with, with Ken Venturi and going back to George Archer, et cetera. But, you know, more recently, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay. I mean, we're talking about big time PGA Tour winners, Cameron Champ from this area, too. That, that's got to be something that uh, just kind of blows you away and the, the, to, to realize you were younger than any of them when you won this tournament. That's got to make you feel great. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, um, it was a proud moment hearing that out of the 98 years, it's this uh, tournament have, has been happening. And being the youngest at 16, it was definitely um, the highlight, the one highlight of the tournament. Yeah, so pretty proud. We're talking with Jason, uh, Jaden Nimdemaya, who uh, just uh, over the past weekend won the uh, California State Fair Championship, the almost 100-year-old tournament, and at 16 years old, the youngest ever to do it. It was a, it was a remarkable feat, again, by your age, if nothing else. What, when that putt dropped on 18, what, what went through your mind immediately? What was the first thing you thought? Yeah, it took me a while to kind of like um, think about it. I was a little bit nervous on like holding on to that uh holding on to my putter on that play kind of brought back memories of uh sinking that putt in Augusta I kind of told myself like I have I have what it takes I have the confidence and so seeing it drop I mean um I've, I've practiced similar putts thousands of times just putting around in the house um and so it, it kind of gave that like oh like my all that practice has paid off and so, yeah, sinking that putt was – there was a lot of memories, and I couldn't really think at the moment, but being able to see my brother cheering and my dad, hearing my dad out there, and all the people that are surrounding Green, it was, yeah, it was an amazing moment. Yeah, and, and Jada, you didn't even know you were going to be able to play the tournament until the day before. Unfortunately, you had contracted – COVID and still were testing mm -hmm. positive up until the day of. So I have to imagine your practice coming into the event wasn't what it would have been like normally. Yeah, there was definitely um, ups and downs. Um, my strength kind of wasn't all there. And especially with the heat, it was kind of taking, taking some energy away from me, uh, having to like put a cold towel on my head after, after every hole just to, kind of cooled down but yeah on uh, COVID-19 is no no joke and especially playing in like a tournament like this you want to have all your focus and all your like be at the best version and it um it was kind of it was disappointing at first but during the second third round I was able to play through it and yeah it was yeah pretty 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 excited about um, be, being able to play in general, I mean, uh, the State Fair is an amazing tournament. I like to play it, play it the last three years and um, improving throughout the years. Uh, that 2020, I I was striving to make the put, uh, make the um, the cut. And last year, I, I was pretty confident. I was able to make the final group and lead going into the final five holes. Fortunately, had. Um, some hiccups there, but it came back this year and um, finished stronger in the final. So yeah, pretty, pretty proud of my improvement and being able to fight through like the adversities.
You know, I would imagine that, uh, you know, it being your, your third time in the tournament and and building your confidence, I suppose, you know, the notion of playing against um, older, you know, uh, more experienced players than you, you know, that 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 concern probably went away in that second year, at least. And uh, when you find yourself uh, leading and so you probably went into this tournament with a with a good deal of confidence, I'm guessing. Yeah, I told I told myself I have what it takes, and um, going yeah going to the final round, being just off, just like a stroke off the lead. Um, I knew that it was definitely doable, and yeah, going into last final holes, I I told myself that last year, uh, we unfortunately things didn't go in our way, but this year, um, I'll definitely make it make up for it. And so, yeah, I was able to um, get through 14. I doubled that hole last year, but I was able to make a good par putt on that hole, especially 15 and 16. Also made some good pars. Um, 17, 18, I finished strong on those holes. And I kind of saw a leaderboard. I was 12 under tied with um, uh, Michael Cliff uh, going into the 18th. And I, I kind of had like a like a boost of energy to make, make, make it happen. You know? So yeah. your nickname is little dragon. Where did that yeah. uh, first come about? Yeah. So yeah, kind of relating to this event and like growing up and um, I kind of had that my dad, he was born in the year of the dragon. So 1964. And so um, I've always been fierce, kind of like I love competition. So I've always kind of like ever since I was younger probably like four years old I'd always play people in putting contests and like the home course and so growing up um I've always wanted to win uh, I always I never try to lose I always get my 100 percent and yeah I kind of I've always been the uh, little person on the on the golf course I always play with the the bigger guys like college guys and um sometimes even pros and so I've always tried to never um, let that get to my head. So it kind of stuck with me. Everyone's called me that. And it kind of gives like um for like a um, perseverance to me, uh, like uh, the dragon's kind of like a symbol of um like ferocity or something like that. <laughs> well, we'll be looking for uh, much more coming out of Little Dragon in the years mm-hmm. to come. Uh, Jaden, uh, sincere congratulations from both Scott and me uh, on on just an incredible accomplishment. And uh, we wish you nothing but success. And um, it's been fun, you know, knowing you as a person. Uh, and uh, it'll be more fun um, knowing you as as you move on in your career. And we'll be watching. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Frank and Mr. Scott for having me today. Yeah, it's, it's great to be on this show. Absolutely. Keep up the good work, champ. Have at it. Thank you. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour. We'll be back with more right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa. You're listening to the Golf to Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports 1140. Hi, I'm Frank LaRosa, Scott Marsh uh, co-host, and we are welcoming in Tracy Shanahan. Tracy is the uh, superintendent at uh, Peachtree Golf Club, and uh, he is also the president of the Golf Course uh, Superintendents Association, the Sierra Nevada chapter. Tracy, welcome to Golf to Go. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. You know, I, I 
I've always been a, a, a huge fan of, of the superintendents because, um, you know, we, we always have a tendency to, to let them know when, you know, I, I didn't like where that uh, where that particular pin was set or, you know, how come there's a brown spot over here. But boy, when you when you think about the, 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 the job that um, that you are all doing in all the golf courses across the across the world, really um you know temperature changes uh you know day light changes you know all all kinds of things that that you deal with and and try to you know keep the the, the greens manicured keep the fairways uh, mown uh and and you know all in all make our day a better day but your day starts real early in the morning <laughs> Yes, we do. And uh, that's absolutely um, what you touch on there is one of the things that I love about the profession is the diversity that we face and challenges. Uh, you know, turf is a living, growing um, plant. And so there's it's a 24-7 type of monitoring you need to do to take care of it and make the adjustments. And, and of course, uh, when you're talking about the game of golf, um, you know, when they're trying to groom the turf for the game, that makes it even more challenging, of course, because uh, there is a lot of pressure to provide good quality uh, playing services for everybody to enjoy the game. You know, you, uh, as I alluded to you, it's a whole lot more than, than mowing lawns and watering here and there. You, you all have to be a part scientist, agronomist, and, and so on and so forth, soil temperature, um, you know, things like that. Um, in in effect, I suppose that's made your job a little bit easier because it takes out some of the guesswork, but it, it increases the education that you that you all need as well. Absolutely, uh, you know the the modern professional in the golf course industry is typically very well educated. Now there are a number of quality turf programs around the country, and uh, and of course, just working on the golf course, uh, there's certainly uh, most golf clubs are looking for people that have spend some time and acquired experience to, to handle the, the important task of maintaining their turf for them to, uh, for, for, for their customers and growing the game and all those good things. I do want to touch on that. What you say is, is true. And again, part of the reason I love the profession is that on any given day, uh, you're going to be part human resources manager, part scientist, uh, part mechanic, part accountant, uh, part weatherman. I mean, there's there's quite a few different factors that go into making sure your your facility is, is as good as you can get it. Well, and obviously, as you as you stand on the first tee, the first thing you look at is you know what is the condition of this course? What's it look like? And and it has a tendency to you know to create uh, thoughts in your head about what the day is going to be like. And um, as I've said over and over again. I can't blame any of my bad shots on the superintendents. Those are all in, you know, all in, in my hand, but, you know, give us a, give us an idea of what your typical day looks like. Cause I know it starts early in the morning. Yes, uh, we do. We do like to get ahead of the players. That's when we're going to be the most efficient um, with what we're trying to do and setting golf course up for play. I, I think that uh, certainly you want your golf course to be uh, have some aesthetic value. You know, you want people to look out of the first tee or the entire property and go, boy, this looks beautiful. Um, but, you know, we're, we're making a pretty big effort nowadays that uh, brown can be the new green, you know, particularly as we face some of the water pressures and, and drought 
uh, situations that, uh, that aesthetics need to be um, looked at in a different viewpoint than having necessarily a perfectly lush green golf course. Uh, and typically, more often than not, a firmer, faster, uh, drier golf course is going to play better for people. They're going to get more yardage out of their shots and those kinds of things. Um, you know, a lot of our day is uh, spent um, really scouting. I mean, we're, we're constantly scouting the turf for any issues, uh, but we're also scouting for any activities and, and areas that we need to send staff to address. Um, there's... Uh, the, the most important thing probably in California anyways, and certainly in our region uh, for a lot of the years is the irrigation management. And there's a lot that goes into the irrigation management, not only checking to see your, the health of your turf, but you're also checking to make sure that your sprinklers are working properly, that you don't have leaks, that your pump station is working as efficiently and as well as you can. And there's a lot that goes into uh, your monitoring of irrigation every day. Yeah, I think the the whole notion of lush green that that's really kind of an American um, you know concept. Uh, you when you look at some of the courses uh, on the other side of the ocean, you know they they tend to be a whole lot more natural. And um, as you say, firmer and faster is is probably better for most of us ultimately. It is, and and of course, the United States we're, we're blessed with uh, good revenue and and the ability to to provide quality irrigation, and so that's where those pressures start to grow is uh, having those tools in our tool chest for sure. Uh, but you know, it's certainly not any new news that uh, we continue to face drought uh, situations that. Um, some of those aesthetics are going to give way, and, and naturally, uh, there's there's a lot of uh, prioritizing that superintendents do. And, and we're certainly, again, because of the revenue that golf provides, and most, most golf courses are in a situation where uh, they have state-of-the-art type of irrigation to be able to manage and efficiently use water and uh, you know, try and provide, of course, quality playing conditions, but uh, also with, with the least amount of water we can. Scott, I know when you and I um, are, are playing and we talk about course conditions, it has more to do with, um, you know, with what the players do or don't do, you know, not filling in their divots, not fixing ball marks and things like that, rather than what the superintendent has or hasn't done. And, and uh, I think, you know, maybe, you know, that probably is more important. huh? I've never seen a course that's been in bad shape that I've played well on. I'll, I'll say that. So <laughs> I definitely agree with that. Um, I'm just curious, Tracy, you know, specifically in a week like this week where we're facing the most excessive heat that we've ever had in history, you know, how, how do you manage a course during a time like this? That's uh, an excellent question. So again, uh, a lot of our time is spent monitoring. So, um, most superintendents are probably going to be out in this extreme heat in the afternoon, checking their turf. Uh, but the one nice thing is we have started to hit that time of year where the days are a little bit shorter and the turf uh, can hopefully withstand a little bit more of that just through all our prep work. And again, well, lots of tools in our chest. We use uh, a lot of aids, wetting agents, different things like that that help retain water, make our water go further uh, and be healthier for the turf. So, but most of it's going to come down to monitoring and, and just keeping an eye on things and uh, you know, if we have to spritz it a little bit in, in the afternoon, we will. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of keeping your eyes open. 
Yeah, and the, and the type of grass makes such a big difference too. Like for a place like Peachtree, which has a lot of Bermuda, that's actually helpful this time of year, isn't it? Versus some other types of grasses. Yes, yeah, and certainly in our region, it's it's, it's very diversified between area uh, golf courses having cool season versus warm season. And yes, where we're at, uh, we're blessed. The club is committed to having the warm season Bermuda grass be our primary turf. Uh, through most of the property here in the summer. Um, but our greens are cool season turf, which is the dominant turf here in, in um, much of North, Northern California for, for putting surfaces. So uh, for us, it's, yes, we're, we're pretty easy to glide through with the Bermuda fairways, but we're still keeping our eyes very close on our putting surfaces, which are typically your golf course's largest asset. That's where yeah. most people are spending the majority of their time while they're playing. And, and those choices of grass for like the greens and the, and the fairways, are those decisions that you're, you're making individually or is it just more of a nature of our climate and where we're at that's making those decisions? Excellent question. Uh, so we have uh, some properties uh, in our area where that might be newer or have even actually renovated their properties to uh, introduce some newer creeping bent grass uh, varieties that are much more drought resistant and, and uh, disease resistant. They can handle the heat a little bit better. So uh, those types of um, developments just over the years, of these turf types, it, it's pretty amazing what they've come across. Now, most of our properties though are pretty typical like Peachtree where our greens, they're pretty much native to <laughs> when they were built 60 years, 60 plus years ago. And so it's kind of, uh, it's, it's a mixture of bent grass that's been planted and, and interseeded uh, along with poa annua, which is annual bluegrass. And uh, although they call it annual bluegrass, most of the varieties in Northern California are perennial type. And so most of us are maintaining that kind of mixture. And, uh, you know, whenever people have the opportunity, we certainly do look to new turf types to try and, you know, strengthen our ability to to improve the playing surface as well as get it through the summer. Yeah, and this, this, I'm curious, when it's hotter like this, does grass grow quicker? Like for example, when you're putting in the afternoon, it tends to be more bumpy and obviously more players have been on the greens, but is that also a, a factor of the grass actually growing from the morning to the afternoon or? Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is a living growing plant. Um, and again, a, a lot of golf courses, are, there's some incredible tools in the toolbox. A lot of us are using what are called growth regulators. Uh, and those are applied at pretty low rates, but consistently to try and get a very consistent growth rate to try and avoid those types of issues. In other words, for the playing, the best playing, of course, you'd like to have the greens play the same speed at eight in the morning and five in the afternoon if sure. you can. So that's the goal of those. And uh, so it, they're... But it is absolutely growing, and particularly like Bermuda grass is going crazy right now. It's an incredible job the superintendents do, and that's why uh, next uh, September 13th is the uh, thank the uh, Nationals Thank a Superintendents Day. So, um, you know, when you see your super as as you're out, whether you're in a, a private course or a public course, just give them a pat on the back or her a pat on the back, and and just say thank you for the work you've done. Um, we all enjoy the game. We have a great time out on the golf course. And, uh, you know, if it weren't for the for the effort that the superintendents are doing um, way before we get out of our warm beds, uh, 
you know, to, to make sure that we've got something that we can enjoy. Um, they, they need that pat on the back. So let's, let's be sure to do that on September 13th. And actually, you can do that any day. We've been speaking with Tracy Shanahan, uh, superintendent at Peachtree Golf Club and uh, president of the Golf Course Superintendents Association for the Sierra Nevada chapter. Tracy, continue doing what you're doing. We appreciate what you're doing. And, uh, you know, we'll just tell you every day that we thank a superintendent. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, yeah, please enjoy the game. Thanks, Tracy Shanahan, for uh, all you do on the golf course. That wraps up another hour of the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. See you all next week. Bye-bye.